Hey everyone, and welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is guiding people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue, and joining me is my co-host, Annabel Rios. All right, we are going live in three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Hero's Journey. This one's a little bit different. Obviously, we switch it up to every two two weeks, right? Every other week, we're releasing episodes, but this is... Uh, an international episode. I'm in a undisclosed location that I can't tell you. And Cam's still, you know, back in, well, I can't tell you where he is either. He's in, he's in the U.S., so. U.S. So, and Mexico, baby. Yeah, U.S. and Mexico. And today we have a, well, actually, let me back up. I get ahead of myself a lot of times. Today we want to just remind you guys to subscribe to our social medias, follow us, leave a comment. They do exist. We do have social media. We do exist. You know, why, why don't you comment and say where you're listening from? You've never done that before. That's new. Yeah. Switching it up. I like that. Yeah. A little bit different. So what's today's episode going to be about, Doc? So the premise of today's episode is should you train your neck and your grip directly? A lot of us will train, you know, our neck and our grip indirectly, you know, maybe by doing shrugs or sometimes even like bent over positions, doing some sort of rows, you know, you can kind of feel in your, in your neck and in any sort of hand contact with the barbell or the pull-up bar, you're kind of indirectly training your grip. But is you know, that today enough? we're going to look, you know, is but that the question? is that enough? So we're going to look at that today. Should you train them directly? Is the indirect training enough um, for, to have results or, or be of benefit? Yeah, enough so the outline, for your body. Yeah. The, the outline that we're going to follow today is first part, we're going to look at uh, neck strengthening for those who already have neck pain. And then we're going to look at kind of those same type of neck strengthening exercises for injury prevention. And then we're going to get to our actual recommendations for, for neck training. And then after that, we're going to get into grip strength as being an indicator for longevity kind of followed by some of the normal standards for grip strength, <clears throat> kind of like between age and, and sex and everything. Uh, we're going to kind of go through what we would say is Cam and Animal's breakthrough when it comes to grip strength. And then lastly, we'll we'll close out with our recommendations for, mm -hmm. for grip strength. You know, when we were talking about this, you know what I thought about? Have you seen this contraption where you put like your head, it's like a little thing oh. tied to your head and you just like go The back. iron neck. Is that what it's called? The iron neck? Yeah. And hey, since I've been, since we've been getting ready for this episode and uh, I've been doing some research and all that kind of stuff, my ads on social media have been blown up by the iron neck. <laughs> like I, I saw a clip like, you. yeah, like, I, I don't even know if Joe Rogan sponsors it or not, but like it's a clip of Joe Rogan using it and like all these ads. So I'm like, well, maybe the internet is, is watching. Because you see it and like, ah, that can't be real. That's right. just a scam. But I haven't looked into that uh, specifically, but maybe that would be a decent it could be. You know, yeah. episode topic. Why don't you talk but about first, our friends today, Cam? Let's talk about Legion's Athletics, right? Legion's Athletics. So <laughs> Legion is the number one brand of all-natural sports supplement in the world, and for a few good reasons. Number one, all products are 100% natural. That's no artificial sweeteners or dyes. Number two, Legions doesn't use any proprietary blends. What you see is what you get. And number three, Legions only uses the clinically effective dose that has been proven to work. So if that sounds good to you, 
head on over to www.legionsathletics.com and use code HEROES, that's H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order and then double loyalty points on each order after that, a.k.a. free stuff. So I think they it's backed by science, but proven by you. They say that? Yeah, they do. Oh, I thought you. No, it's the whole you... legion thing. <clears throat> I didn't know by that. legions. They got a lot of specials going on right now. They they do. Um, and if you are, you know, into protein and stuff like that, we love their cinnamon, cinnamon cereal. cereal. It is a tasty treat. Really love that. Really good. Okay, right. let's get into so, it. Doc. Let's get into this. Uh, first kind of topic of the day is um, neck strengthening exercises to decrease pain. So I see a lot of this in the clinic. Um, when people come in with neck pain, we actually start getting into neck specific uh, mobility things, neck specific uh, strengthening uh, and exercises, and we don't neglect kind of like the posterior chain, shoulders, upper back, traps, all that kind of stuff. So we will we will train that. But we do more specific things than what you might see kind of in in the gym, obviously, because they're in rehab for pain. So I found this uh, a really good study. Um, this, the, the study title was, I'm just going to read it, it says, Com- the, compare the effects of strengthening exercises in the McKinsey neck exercises in neck pain subjects. It's by Kumar Nirja, I don't know, at all. So, Nijar? What? Nijar. Nijar. We'll go with yeah, Nijar. We'll go with there. <laughs> study by Nijar. Um, so this study, they first looked at that neck pain. It actually starts to increase more as we age, kind of hitting its peak between age uh, 40 and 50. And it affects females a little bit more than males. Hmm. Now, what, now, what they were finding is <clears throat> not only does it increase as we age, there seems to be a correlation between habitual postures that you might go through on a, on a daily basis and what we would term non-specific neck pain. So that means nothing maybe specifically started it. Um, you know, it wasn't like a, a motor vehicle accident. You got like whiplash of the neck or you just had surgery. And now you have a fusion or, or something like that. So this is just non-specific. Would you say it's maybe because I know they don't, they didn't talk about it in the study, but maybe you're not, you're losing muscle as you get older. So maybe you have more of these aches and pains. Yeah. I mean, there, I think strength is a, is a big part of it. So one thing that they were looking at with that, like habitual postures, which we can't really say with 100% certainty that posture is the thing that causes neck pain. But if you will have sustained long-term abnormal physiological loads on the neck, meaning some sort of bad postures for the neck, it can produce neck pain, no doubt. So mm. like if you have a desk of, job and you're leaning over yeah, so rounded one shoulders, of those things, neck yeah, forward. Gonna, yeah, the forward, the forward neck and the rounded shoulders, that's that's a pretty common one. But mm. I'm but I also think of certain professions, maybe a painter always having to look up. Um oh. so their neck is always always in extension. Um I think of other professions kind of like that where they're over time and as, as we age, those loads and those postures, which are maybe not the, the most normal for the neck, start to then creep in and cause this nonspecific pain. But it's not just that. Um, 
and I think you were, you were hitting to earlier, they also found that like instability of the neck, and that's not meaning the neck is just moving every which way. Mm -hmm. It really means that there's a weakness and like a coordination issue with the neck. That's what we mean by instability. Like muscles aren't firing that they should. Maybe some muscles are overactive or tight and then overall weakness, which can, which can occur and result in that forward head rounded shoulders. So all that led to this study, which they wanted to look basically between three different groups. The first group got what's called the McKinsey method. We'll go into what that means later. Yeah. So they got, they got McKinsey strengthening exercises. They also got a hot pack and they also got postural education or like, uh, like a correction, so to speak. That correction we'll exercises. Uh, no, just verbal, like, Hey, oh, okay. avoid this, you know, sit like this. Don't sleep. Like we'll go into what they yeah, suggest, yeah, we'll... which I think is actually really good, uh, ergonomics and sleep hygiene, uh, in terms of our posture. So I do want to talk about that. So the first group got that. The second group just got isometric exercises plus the heat plus the postural education. <clears throat> and the third group got no strengthening. They just got the heat and they just got the postural correction, uh, education. So those were the three groups. They had 45 subjects and they were randomly assigned into one of those three. Um, there was no significant difference like in age or sex or weight or mm. height between the groups. So they were all completely uh, heterogeneous and random. And then the study lasted four weeks. Okay. So that's the premise of the study. Okay. So I want to make sure I'm telling this right. So the, the McKinsey method... Essentially what they did, and I'm just going to read from this because um, I think it's really good. The McKinsey exercise used this form of what's called neck retraction. So we call it a chin tuck in PT, or basically where you're trying to like give yourself the double chin, but you're, you're, you're sliding your chin back. Um, yeah, show them real quick. So kind of from the side, it looks like this. Yeah. Or, or from the front, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the patient is instructed to move the head backwards as far as possible, but at the same time, maintain forward-facing position. So you're not looking down, you're not looking up. Um, and, you're, and it's important that you're trying to go back as far as you can. And then once they did that, they returned to a neutral rest position. This movement was done for four sets of around 10 to 15 repetitions with about a minute or two rest in between. So every single uh, exercise per uh, per exercise and per week is going to be for four sets of 10 to 15 repetitions. So week one, they just did that retraction. So they just had them do cervical retractions, four sets of 15. Week number two, they did that cervical retraction with an isometric neck extension. So they retracted back and then they tried to push their head backwards. Um, I believe in the study, they just had the therapist hold uh, his or her hand behind the head to kind of provide the pressure, but you could get like a ball of some sort or a pillow and go against a wall and, you you know, press back into that ball or pillow. And that would give you this sort of isometric, isometric resistance. So they kept the chin tuck. How many sets did they say for that? Four sets of 15. Four, everything, four sets as well? Okay. Yeah, everything is going to be four sets of 15 for this group. Okay. Then week three, they added that um, cervical retraction, neck extension, and then the physical therapist pulled on the patient's neck kind of giving some traction. Mm -hmm. And then by week four, they did the cervical retraction with pretty much every single 
major neck movement. So that's flexion, which is forward, extension, which is backward, rotation, which is side to side, and side bending, which is like ear to shoulder with that cervical retraction, pushing into the therapist hand, or again, you could use a ball or a pillow against a wall. So that was what they looked at. They also got heat and they got the postural corrections, which we'll talk about a little bit later what that means. And that was pretty specific per week for those four yeah, weeks. Yeah, it was. So the non-McKinsey group just received isometric exercises, um, flexion, extension, side bending, rotation, not holding a chin tuck, only holding it for five seconds, about three seconds rest in between, and for about 10 repetitions. So that was all that group got, plus the heat, plus the postural corrections. Did it and say then, anything on the heat as far as like how often they were applying heat? Yes. So it was about 20 minutes every day for all, okay. for all groups. So there is five postural corrections that they went over in the study. And I think these are actually really great. And I would like uh, our listeners to be able to hear these and potentially even start to incorporate some of these postural corrections into their own life and routine. One is uh, they educated on the neck should not be kept in one position for a prolonged period of time, no matter what that is. Forward, side, you know, like you're on your computer and they didn't describe what prolonged period What about period like straight? Because, you know, there's this, yeah. this whole thing of like, this is the perfect posture that you need to maintain. They, the they said any position, one, any one position for a prolonged period of time, you need to switch it up. Mm, um, mm-hmm. You know, we learn in, in school and we educate people on like the 20 minutes, like every 20 minutes, uh, like move around. I think even like if you're looking at a computer, they want every 20 minutes, like 20, you know, feet away. Hey, it's been 20, 20 minutes. Seconds. Should we uh, get up and move around in the middle we of might, this podcast? We might, we might need to. It's <laughs> going to be a long one today. <laughs> Um, but basically don't stay in one position for a prolonged period of times. I would say mm-hmm. between 20, 40 minutes or something like that. Okay. They said to adjust the height of a reading table such that the books are at eye level and the arms are comfortably placed. So avoiding that slouching of the lower back, the slouching of the shoulders. Um, they want you basically to sit tall with your, with your upper back <clears throat> against the chair and your head erect. So basically just good sitting ergonomics. Um, and that's just for reading or, or, or doing any sort of, um, I don't know, reading, writing type of stuff for work or for fun. The next yeah. was computer screen, um, proper height. Uh, basically, sh- the monitor should be within 200. I don't know what that means. Is it to where like it's at your eye level so we you don't need to look up or down? It's just... That would be the most ideal. We're not doing this. You're not doing that. Um the, the TV and computer screen, I believe, would fall into like the the height of like the reading table. You want to be able to sit comfortably, feet on the ground, arms not up here where your shoulders are being uh, hunched up, um, and your head not too much too forward. It's like when you go to the movie theaters, you know, you want that perfect seat where it's a little bit up in the oh, middle, yeah. vertical. So you don't even have to turn. You just like boom. Right they there. even have the the reclining seats now, so those are really yeah, nice. I know. <laughs> Uh, the, another one, this is actually a really good one. Avoid big pillows when you sleep that, that pushes your head up too high, causes you to bend forward. Now they didn't say, um, about the opposite about too low. Well, they said the last point was use pillows of an adequate height that keeps your head and neck in the same body, like plane. So they oh. should support the head and neck, but they should, um, you know, not push you up too far. And it mm. should allow the shoulders to kind mm-hmm. of be bounced, so you're not not everything's up. 
Yeah. So yeah. whether that's hard or soft, that just depends on the individual. Uh, you just again, you don't want yeah just preference, but you don't want it to push everything up. You want everything to be a nice neutral kind of alignment. Have you seen the square pillows? Uh, I don't think so. They're not gonna I think that their whole premise is supposed to help your neck. I don't know if oh. that actually works, but I mean, check it out. If it puts you in alignment, it'll probably help. Mm-hmm. So every group got the 20 minutes of heat and every group got that same sort of education and corrections for their work and sleep life. So the conclusion of the study is they found that there was a significant difference between the McKinsey group and the two other groups. And they found that that McKinsey group um, had far more, had far more um, benefits than the other two in terms of pain and function. They, they did scores of like a, a pain score and a function score that they um, assessed at the beginning and the end of the study. So what they found was that addition of the retraction with mm. the different head movements was the kind of uh, key to that study. Okay. So we do know that specific exercises for the neck help with pain and function. So then the next thing is neck strengthening and exercises for injury prevention. These people already had pain, but maybe a lot of our listeners are like, great, came an animal. I don't have neck pain. Do I need to do this? Is it even worth your time? I exactly. already, I don't know, do deadlifts, pull-ups, exercises that indirectly are targeting those muscles. Exactly. So what I want to theorize is if, if performing those neck specific neck exercises, at least isometrics, that's what they did in the study, mm-hmm. that resulted in decreased pain and improved function, and sometimes it even resolved some of their pain, then I guess that we could theorize that performing those specific neck exercises could prevent pain um, and improve posture. So that's I think that's a, a very likely thing to I theorize so. about. I mean, so, most people don't even train those. Directly, I don't. I don't mean you don't see people doing those neck exercises at the gym. Exactly, except for Joe Rogan doing the Iron Neck. Yeah, except for Joe. We, yeah, we need to look into. We need to look cool, into the Iron. Cool, neck. Joe. But I, but I bet you know, I bet that thing isn't cheap, and I, I can we can show you here how to get the same benefits without having to have an expensive tool like that. Yeah, you can get like a band and tie it around your a, a rack or something. So, yeah, we do. We do sometimes. We do that in therapy. We tie a band and have a, have a person hold and they have to pull against it or just pull the hand out like this. It's hey, a way to create okay. tension. Okay, I do want to take people through a progression of how you could actually start incorporating neck exercises into your routine. So for all of these, we're going to go with the three to four sets of 10 to 15 reps because that's what they did in the study. That's what was proven to work, at least in that study. And we just know that's a good rep. And yeah, set so start rep. on the low end and then build your way up. Exactly. So maybe you start at your three sets uh, of 10 and then you can build up to four sets of 15. But here's the progression of how I would order those. The first one would just be that retraction and you're, and you're laying on your back and your head can be on a pillow and you're just doing your three to four sets your chin tucks. Like that, of chin tucks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep repeating the sets and reps. That's this is going to apply yeah, for okay. all of these. The next thing you want to be upright and you want to start doing it more with gravity involved. Then the next, you want to do it with your head off a table or off like the bench. So that way gravity is trying to pull you down. So you you have to stabilize your neck while you Mm -hmm. do the retraction. The next would be keep that retraction while you pull or push or rotate into a ball or a pillow against the wall. So that way you're, you're retracting and you're pushing to the side. 
You're retracting and you're pushing back. You're retracting and you're pushing forward. So now we're incorporating different muscles uh, in the neck. If you have a partner, you could do it with your head off the table and you keep the retraction and then they push into your into your head in those different directions. If you don't have a partner, yeah. just use the ball against the wall. Then the next thing you want to do is start uh, with your head off the table and you're actually going to start taking your neck through the range. So keep the chin tuck, go into flexion, keep the chin tuck, go into extension. And you have to position yourself on the table, laying on your side, on your stomach or on your back to be able to do those four different type of movements. From there, you can start adding a light weight. So you will total weight to your head. You do the retraction, you go up, you go to the side, and then you can slowly increase the weight from there. That is a very safe way on how to go in that. We do a lot of that stuff in physical therapy. I would like to get people more into doing some more of the weights, but um, some people just don't want to get into some of those various positions. So, but I probably want, I want to try and do that if I can with them because that is progressive yeah. overload. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like for any, also you have to use progressive overload. And I feel like with this one, you could probably do too much because you just don't realize how fragile that can be, right? I'm sure you've probably seen incidents of people <clears throat> trying to do certain movements. Right. Um, it, it, funny enough, like since this is not too much trained that I'm aware of outside of physical therapy, I, I haven't yet had somebody come in and it hurt their neck from trying to strengthen their neck yet. Um, but <laughs> that, that, that would be a new one. Not to say it doesn't happen. I just haven't, I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. One thing that we do want to avoid with all this though um, is doing those neck bridges where your head's on the ground and you're bridging your weight up and you're pushing all your weight into your neck and doing these neck flexion and extension. Of, I know a lot of wrestlers do that. And maybe if you're doing something specific for your sport and you're young and you want to do that, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to, but I don't like work up to it. Yeah. I don't like the spinal decompression aspect mm. going on. You only get one neck. We need to take care of it. Oof. So I'd rather do, I'd rather do pain, uh, uh I would rather do non-weight-bearing exercises on the neck uh, and allow the neck to move in a free range without having your full body weight going pushing through your neck. I would avoid those. But again, you know, talk to your doctor or your coach or whatever on if you have to do those. So you're probably people are thinking, okay, got it. But what if I do things like we talked about earlier, shrugs and all that kind of stuff? So there is a Dana, there were some Danish scientists at the National Research Center for the Working Environment. And they looked into, again, indirect neck exercises like the shrug, lateral raise, rear delt fly, and upright row. So basically working your upper, potentially middle trap, and then all heads of the deltoid. And they did find that it was beneficial for those with chronic neck pain. Mm -hmm. um, so again, that indirect approach we do know is beneficial. So... What are our recommendations for neck-specific strengthening? Here's what we'd recommend. I know a lot of people want a blanket statement that says do this or don't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, life and health and everything is a lot more gray. It depends. Uh, <laughs> it depends. Um, that's why we have the podcast to try and uh, sift. Or, and, or like you like to say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we do have two recommendations. So I would say if you are aging, if you're maybe greater than 40 years old, if you are at risk of neck pain due to your job demands. So you kind of know the positions you're getting into and like 
whether that you are getting that forward head, maybe you're always cranking your head to the side or whatever that might be, you know, if you're at risk for that prolonged, sustained, abnormal physiological load on the neck, or if you've had neck pain in the past, okay, if you're one of maybe those three groups of people, then I would recommend doing at least one time a week, start adding in specific neck strengthening exercises into your current routine. And you'd find where you are on that progression. Maybe you can start with weights. Great. Maybe you just want to start with some chin tucks and slowly kind of slowly dabble into working the neck more. Just use some of those progressions. Three sets, three to four sets, 10 to 15 repetitions. But I would incorporate at least once a week and you can always build from there. Mm-hmm. But if you are maybe less than 40 years old, maybe you are really active and, and, and you are doing things like the shrug and the upright row and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you haven't had neck pain in the past and, you know, you are pretty aware of your posture and you're not doing anything crazy with your job up to you. You know, I'm not going to say you need to do that or not. Um, get the iron neck and then you're all set. Yeah. Get the iron neck and you're all set. But I would leave that up to you. I wouldn't say you, I wouldn't, I, not to say I wouldn't recommend it. I would just, if you don't have time, don't do it. But well, I mean, yeah, it's like only, I think we were talking about that earlier is like maybe because you hear of fighters, like MMA fighters, boxers, mm-hmm. that they really train their neck a lot. Yeah. And they probably do it more probably with that type of bridging because that's sport specific. They're going to have to be mm-hmm. on their back inside and, and use their head to get into those. But also we do know that they're more at risk for in, or the degenerative disc disease that, that happens to us all, but it can speed that up if we're constantly just decompress uh, or compressing the spine like that. Yeah. So um, th- there's that, uh, there's that, that aspect too. I think there's a safe way to strengthen the neck without giving at risk for our vertebrae and our uh, joints and everything. So that's all of our recommendations for neck specific strengthening exercises. <clears throat> the next one's pretty crazy. We're going to look at grip strength and longevity. And we're talking longevity, meaning like the length of your life. Um, uh, before we even go on to that, did, was there any any questions over what we went through, Annabelle? Was that pretty clear? Yeah, I mean, I think you, we were saying that in general, try to use some sort of neck exercise. And well, maybe you're an individual who's been working out for a while, you don't have any neck pain, maybe you may not need it, but it, it's worth trying out. Yeah, uh, I kinda, mean, yeah, if you're not exercising, start exercising and start incorporating some of those exercises like the shrug and upright row and lateral raise. And if you still are having some neck pain or you're greater than 40 or you've had a past, you know, you know, past mm-hmm. history of neck pain or whatever we just described earlier. Yeah. Start incorporating at least some of those neck exercises into your routine. If not up to you, probably won't make or break anything. But the grip okay. strength, this one's, it's, this one's crazy. Okay. I thought so, it was just a lie or, you know, marketing, we, but I'm, I'm excited so we, about this one. So we all know, I guess we might not all know, there is more evidence. I'm actually just going to quote from the study. So this was a study um, the uh, that just came out in 2019. It's the Indispensable Biomarkers for Older adult, Adults, Grip Strength. This is what they said. Evidence is provided herein that shows grip strength is largely consistent as an explain, explainer of concurrent overall strength, upper limb function, bone mineral density, fractures, falls, malnutrition, cognitive impairments, depression, sleep problems, diabetes, and quality of life. They went on to say further evidence is provided 
<clears throat> for a predictive link between grip strength and all cause of disease specific mortality, future function, bone mineral density, fractures, cognition, depression, and problems associated with hospitalization. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff there. So here, I want to hear, I want to I get your thoughts on that. Here's my working theory because we had that episode a while back and we mentioned Dr. Pia's quote about how exercising, how important it is for you. Could yeah. it be that grip strengths for most people, I doubt that they train only their grip and it mostly may come from lifting weights. Mm-hmm. And that's why it could seem that it's the grip strings that's helping to prevent a lot of these uh, diseases. Absolutely. Um, I would say that is, I would say that is it. In the study they went, uh, so the question that you're asking is why? Well, why, why is there that predictive link between mm-hmm, the two? Mm-hmm. And they said, and this is what I'll just quote, it says, the use of grip strength as a biomarker of concurrent health is most directly supported by research showing that the cross-sectional association between grip strength and the strength of other muscle actions in both healthy individuals and adults with pathology. Meaning, if you have a strong grip, it's probably associated with you having other strong areas of your body. So if you have a strong legs or shoulders, you probably have a strong grip. So kind of they, they're, they're working together like that. Is So as you're saying, they probably train, they're probably doing some sort of resistance training, you know, holding on to things, using their grip, whatever. Um, and that is probably why there is that association. Right. Um, which makes sense. Um, but I think the thing we right. need to look at then is, are there any grip strength standards? You know, like, do I need mm-hmm. to have a certain, you know, like some people say you need to be able to uh, bench your body weight and, you know, uh, deadlift twice your body weight, you know, that kind of thing where they have yeah. some level, you know, whatever that standard might be, they have some sort of standard and there are standards of grip strength. I looked at a lot of different ones and they're all roughly about the same, you know, they might be off 10 to you know, 15 pounds uh, sure. in a given direction. I would say that's really not that significant. Um, but I found one here and we can link this in the show notes. It's Handexter Dynamo, Dynamo, oh my gosh, Dynamometer. Um, and they found this, this was for healthy adults, not people that have sort of pathologies and stuff like that. But it goes age, you know, it gives age range all the way from as young as 10, all the way up to 99. It has male and female categories. It has weak, normal, and strong ranges. So this is what I would do. I would look at this in the show notes. I would see where you fall in male, female, age, all that kind of thing. And then you need to test your grip strength. So there's, I I think there's really only two good ways to test your grip strength. Um, Using one of those handheld dominometers, you can probably order one from online. Um, Maybe your local physical therapist has one or your doctor, if you want to check your grip strength at your next appointment, or you can buy one of these resistance grippers. They almost look like a vice grip that you can squeeze and it should have a level of resistance on there and you can squeeze it and see kind of where, where you fall. Um, note on the resistance gripper, this is not the little squishy ball or, you know, the kid version that you just go, you know, super easy. You know, you can do it with your pinky. This mm-hmm. is not what we're talking. These things are a vice grip. Um, we'll link this in the show notes. We're not sponsored by them by any means, but it's called captains of crush. And these things are just, (laughs) these things are just steel. 
Um, and they range from, I want to say, I read it on here. They range all the way from 60 pounds of resistance to 365 pounds of resistance that you would have to be able to close, which is crazy. So like, you know, for a standard 30 year old male, like Annabelle and I, they say that a strong grip is greater than 123 pounds of pressure. These things range all the way up to 300 pounds. Like you'll never close that. Like, I don't know many people that would be able to close a 300 pounds of pressure. I know we were talking about this uh, before we did this episode. I, I, I've seen those Captain of Crush and all these other things similar to them. And like even in the 80s, you see all these men just walking around with these grippers and squeeze them. I was like, man, does that even work? Is it just marketing? Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk through that then. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so if we've already talked that if people are training, they probably already have some sort of good level of strength in their grip because they're, they're holding things, maybe holding on the barbell, deadlift, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I want, I want us to walk through this. Okay. So we've talked in previous episodes that strength is force exerted on an external mm -hmm. resistance in the, in that force in that resistance, it moves, you know, it's not just so much isometric, like there has to be some work done. Uh, if no work is done, then nothing moved. So the resistance has to increase, right? Okay. So let's think about holding onto a pull-up bar, like dead hang. Great for your grip. You have to hold on. You know, your, your grip is your first interaction uh, to the outside world. And especially in the gym, if you're doing any sort of upper body exercise, you have to kind of grab things, hold things, push things, all that kind of stuff. So you're hanging on to the bar. It's great for your grip and forearm endurance, right? Because you're, you're not mm -hmm. adding weight. I mean, you can start to add weight. You can have a hanging weight belt, maybe weighted vest, and that can start to increase the weight, meaning you are getting stronger. Or the same thing with the deadlift. You know, you're still, you're holding onto the barbell. You're working your grip and form endurance. But unless the if weight goes up. If you're not wearing straps the whole time. If you're not wearing straps, Cheating. exactly. <laughs> Cheaters. Um, again, straps are for a different purpose, not trying to train your grip strength and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But mm -hmm. Uh, but if you increase the weight, then you are, you know, technically getting stronger, but I want you to think about that. All of those are just isometric contractions. So, you know, you're, you're holding steady, your hand, your forearm, so to speak, they're not going through a range of motion. They're just holding still. And we know that to gain more strength, you actually need to have a concentric and eccentric. So concentric is the going up of the bicep. The eccentric is the going down of the bicep. Same thing with our grip and our forearms. That's where the hand stepper or the hand gripper comes in. Yeah. So that is you're actually having to take and force and close your hand, you know, control the movement through a full range of motion. And the resistance on those things can increase, meaning you're getting stronger. And these things I'm going to tell you are no joke. And this is kind of the breakthrough that Annabelle and I were chatting about before the show. We have a, have a guy that I work with. He's a, a float therapist. He'll, he'll go from clinic to clinic and he's, you know, I don't know how much he weighs. I weigh, I, I'm, I weigh more than him. I have uh, more muscle than <laughs> you he live does. more than him. I, I do. <laughs> um, but he's a semi-professional or amateur or maybe even professional arm wrestler. And you would not tell by looking at the guy. And he has an iron grip and forearm and just upper body uh, in that movement because he, he trains it. You know, how you train is how you gain. But he doesn't deadlift. I deadlift way more than him. I can hang on a bar longer than him. I can hold more weights no than him. No pull-ups, right? No pull-ups. But he does a lot of wrist flexion, extension, hand grippers, pronation, supination, bicep curls, 
he does a lot of that kind of stuff. And he, I mean, it is incredible how strong this guy is. Um, for an for an example, he pulls out one of those captains of crush grippers and hands it to me and was like, try, try working on your grip. And like the first time I did it, because I haven't trained that motion, I could hardly get it to click and like have the two ends meet like mm. twice. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy smokes. And I was like, how much is that? Because it's about a hundred pounds of resistance. I was like, oh my gosh. And we had some of the other therapists um, and they weren't able to do it. Um, but, but Papa Ho could. <laughs> well, I mean, there there are different stri- <laughs> there are different strengths there are different strength standards between male and female when it comes to the grip and everything. Of course, of course. And this this guy took it. I kid you not. He clinked it fifty times in a row, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't really work too much endurance, but you know, I was you know he still got it fifty times." And I was like, "How how high can you go up on those things?" And I forgot the exact number, but he is like way way stronger than what this thing was saying is quote unquote strong. So then it just got me thinking like, you know, we said it before, how you train is how you gain. If you are not working on gripping or using your forearms or, you know, wrist curling or wrist extending more weight, you're not going to be as strong as someone who does, even if you are doing those isometric holds. And anyway, so that was kind of, that was kind of my breakthrough on that was like, wow, maybe I need to start incorporating that because I want a better grip. Because if I've got a stronger grip, then that's going to allow me to, you know, not use straps. It's going to help all my other lifts. Um, Mm -hmm. And I need to maybe, you know, train that more specifically to get there. What did you think about all that, Animal? You know, I think we're talking about it. I've I've seen those grippers before. And I've seen other things similar to it. And we've talked about it before that in baseball, you know, there's like the rice bucket that you do and all these different things. And I was like, well, do they really help? Do you really need to? And now I think I changed my mind. I think I was like, huh. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of, after that, uh, after that episode with him, I changed my mind on that. I'm like, though I do have good grip strength and I would, my, again, I have not tried to grip something greater than 123 pounds. I don't know if I'm considered strong by the standard, um, on it or whatever, but I would say that if I actually start working on that, I can definitely get there, you know? The, and you can do it while you're like hanging out around the house. You just start. Yeah, it. I mean, I mean, now you you can do it at your house. You can do it at work. I mean, you could do it at the gym if you wanted you to. You could do like, it while you're even driving. You can be like those guys in the '80s. You just have it in your car. You just yeah, clicking those it. Guys, those guys in the '80s were strong, man. <laughs> strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. <laughs> it's the, uh, the vicious cycle they were in, huh? The vicious cycle. So what is our recommendations for specific uh, grip strengthening exercises? This is what we would say. I think that we should start adding in at least once a week, some sort of wrist flexion, wrist extension, um, and hand gripper exercise into our routine. Whether that's a finisher, maybe you're doing three sets of like failure, or maybe you're doing your standard like strength hypertrophy range of that, you know, four to 12 rep range or four to six, if you're wanting to stay more on the strength side of things, you might have to adjust the, or buy mm, different grippers mm-hmm. to get there. But again, if you're trying to go for strength, you probably want to buy a gripper that's really hard for you and you're only able to get it three to six, four to six times yeah. and build up. So then you, then you can get that into the hypertrophy range and then you can get a heavier gripper. And then same thing with any sort of wrist curls and extensions, like you can just progress by doing heavier weight on the barbell or dumbbell or whatever. But I do think that that would be a great thing to start incorporating into your routine, especially if you feel like your grip is lacking. So if you do fall into the standards and you do see that you are weak or maybe on the lower end of normal, 
you probably need to be starting incorporating this in. If you're yeah. already strong, you know, you, you test yourself and, you know, you're already strong, you don't have to, um, unless you're trying to get a little bit more hypertrophy in your forearms and hands and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of our recommendations on that. If you fall out of the standards, need to start training it. If you want more hypertrophy, need, need to start training it. If you're already strong or on the upper end of normal, you know, up to you. But yeah, you, I guess like kind of like we said in the other part is if you don't work out, start working out, yes. don't use straps, start lifting weight, and it's now you're going to get stronger. Yes, absolutely. So recap here. Um, we do know that neck specific exercises can reduce pain um, and uh, improve our posture. So then we theorize that, well, if those neck specific exercises can you know, prevent or to decrease pain, then it should be able to prevent pain. And mm-hmm. then if we follow a sort of linear progression or progressive overload of that, then we could get to the point where we're not just doing isometrics. We could be doing actually active range of motion and then uh, like resisted uh, range of motion through those uh, different um, movements. We know that grip strength is a predictor for all cause of and specific disease mortality and a lot of other factors that we listed earlier. So then we would recommend adding at least one day a week of specific grip training, which we think can increase your overall strength and facilitate all other contact with the outside world. Again, unless you are already strong or in the upper end of normal, according to this chart or whatever other chart you want to look up on the internet, but they're all about the same. So Annabelle, what do we want them to do? What do we want to send them home with? All right. So we've kind of given you a lot of different options, guys. And... You know, you have the neck exercises, you have, we have the different um, hand grip exercises. First, obviously start working out. If you're not working out, start doing that. We already have the three, two, one principle, follow that. If you're still having pain or maybe your neck's still lacking or maybe your grip isn't where you want it to be, start using some of the tips that we gave you through the different progressions and then start progressive overloading. Listen. Yeah. So the Captain of Crunch. The, what was it, the neck one call the, <laughs> the, the neck iron one, neck yes the iron neck so yeah there's some options we, for you out there <laughs> i don't know we, we haven't looked at it don't don't quote we us haven't on looked that at one it. so don't but quote us you, on that one you probably need to buy thing. that if you have a well, a, a yeah. plate you should be fine but yeah thanks for tuning in everybody um especially since annabelle is an undisclosed location in mexico and i'm so in our normal, and i'm we in our normal podcasting studio um <laughs> Um, but we just want everyone to you got it i got it you got it you got it (laughs) so i think we'd like we i think you cut out there for a second but i'll let you do it so all right give me the mic cam i'll take it remember you're a human you should not seek perfection but daily improvement see you guys all right see ya